a series called We Are Family. And we're looking at the nature and mission of God's church and of our local church. Now, uh, normally, if you're a guest with us, normally we would, uh, we would plow through you know, a, a section of scripture or a book of the Bible together. And this series is a little different, a little more theological. And we're, we're kind of looking at different aspects of the mission and nature of the church. And so we're looking at kind of cumulatively what the Bible has to say about who we are and uh, in different places. So uh, that's where we're at this morning. We're in our third week together. With that, let me pray. And uh, then we're gonna dive in. Sound good? Let's pray. Father, thanks for Jesus, uh, for your grace. And uh, Lord, thanks for your word, as we're gonna see this morning, that everything we need to know to successfully live the Christian life, to have joy and peace and purpose and salvation, you've written it all down. You've written it all down, God, you wrote a book. And so uh, remind us of that today, that that, uh, we're to be centered on that book and on what you've written and uh, that it has the power to change and transform us and our community and our world. Uh, So Lord, I pray against the enemy this morning, his servants, their works and effects. He loves nothing more than to tear down your kingdom and uh, to, to go after your people, your family. But Holy Spirit, would you protect us and teach us and change us today? By, the, by your power and the power of your word, all because of Jesus. It's through him we pray, amen. So we've been talking about uh, family. And in our first week through this, we had some guests from our extended family from Detroit, uh, Mike and Cleet from uh, Restore Church in inner city Detroit. And uh, Mike very faithfully preached the word and reminding us that at the very beginning, the our purpose our, for our existence as a church is to glorify God. It's about God's glory and him being made much of, Jesus being lifted high. And then last Sunday, we looked at uh, how you become part of the church, that as God's family, he's called us out of the world to Jesus. And then he's turned around and sent us back into the world for Jesus. So we're in the world, but not of the world because we've been called to Jesus, but we're sent back into the world to reach more people and to live like Jesus. So uh, we talked about all of that. And we even talked a little bit about as a family, some of the metaphors uh, for the church, family being a key one to where we have an extended family. And uh, that was kind of cool for me this week because we're part of the Evangelical Free Church of America, the EFCA. Did you know that? That's kind of our extended family or our tribe, so to speak. And uh, the free church is divided into different districts across the U.S. for fellowship among churches and interdependence among these churches. And our conference was this week on uh, Monday and Tuesday in Chicago at uh, Trinity International University, which is the, the seminary kind of for our denomination. And I saw Rock there. Rock was, was up at Trinity. And one of the things that was cool was to see all of our Uh, nearby extended family, different people from different churches. And I actually got the opportunity to teach a a breakout seminar on uh, a a model of leadership development that we've been working on. Dave, you've helped a lot with this as well. And and we've we've worked on this over the last few years that we're gonna be implementing soon. And the reason I throw this picture up is on November 3rd, two weeks from today, after the service, we're gonna have uh, a luncheon And if you lead in any way in our church, we'd love for you to be there. Even if you don't lead and you're just curious, you want to hear about this, why don't you come 
And we're going to do about an hour and a half training on uh, kind of the same stuff I did uh, with other people in our family earlier this week. And we want to let you know about this because as we hire another pastor, they're going to be kind of tasked with implementing a lot of what's been designed and kind of laid out on paper. So we want you to be able to support them and help them going forward. Sound good? So shameless plug, uh, extra announcement, two weeks from today, join us for lunch. But RSVP, we know how much lunch to get. Sound good? Because I'd like to eat. Because uh, <laughs> I don't usually eat till the end when it's all done. So if there's anything left, then I get to eat. But uh, we talked about that's our family. And, you know, even as an extended family in the free church, we have, there's kind of a mission for the extended EFCA. And that mission is this, that we exist to glorify God. We already talked about that, right? Uh, but the, the way that we do that collectively as a group of churches is by uh, multiplying transformational churches among all people. That at the, I love that about kind of our family, that at the root of who we are, we want to multiply churches, new churches for new people, new services for new people, and, and continually multiplying the, the impact and effect of the gospel. Um, and what's curious, uh, I'll, I'll move on from this here in a moment, but this week in our extended family, I met somebody that some of you may have known growing up if you've been part of Wawasee for a long time or if you grew up in this area. Uh, I met a guy who's a pastor at, well, let me back up. Uh, I actually serve on the board for our district. We had a board meeting Monday morning before the conference started. And one of the guys there was sharing that uh, their church in Freeport, Illinois, planted another campus in another small town called Winnebago. And they'd been meeting in this community center for a long time. And it just, they kind of were outgrowing it. It was this one big room and with kids and everybody else, you know, about six, seven miles away. They, they just, it, it got too loud. They couldn't handle it anymore. So they've been praying for a building. Well, at the same time, there was a little church in town that had built a building in the late 80s, and uh, they were part of another group, and uh, they had dwindled down as the, over time, the church just became older, and they were at about 10 or 11 people. And uh, the pastor of this church uh, ended up approaching them, and they, long story short, I'm kind of shortening the whole thing, they ended up giving to this church in Freeport, that, to their campus in Winnebago, their building to meet in, and they merged with them. And they became one church with these two campuses. And so now this church in Winnebago had this brand new campus. Well, now fast forward a little later this week. This is just, that's a really cool story, isn't it? That, that people would have the vision to be like, okay, we built this place. We want to see the gospel continue to move forward. How do we do that? Let's find some partners. And they found a, a free church to do this. Well, fast forward a little bit. At the end of the conference, this guy comes up to me and Hannah as we're sitting there. And he says, hey, I wanted to meet the guy from Wawasee. I said, okay, and you found him, what's up? And uh, he tells me, I, I learned that he is the pastor of this church that they gave their building to the free church. And so now he's part of the free church. But this guy grew up here and was in the graduating class of Wawasee High School, the very first one. Some of you probably know him, Gary Brown. I got a picture of him here. And uh, isn't that just kind of a neat connection? And I share that story for some of you who've been here a long time and you've invested and you've seen our church grow and, and we stand on, on really your faithfulness from 30 years ago of planting this church. And uh, to, to run into somebody with some of the same roots, 
who's uh, done the same thing in another community and now has become part of our extended family. It's just a good reminder of how God works and hopefully an encouragement to you that we're part of something much bigger than this little church in the cornfields. Isn't that exciting? But it's cool how God works and the free church is about multiplying transformational churches among all people. And I just wonder, you know, in that case, this church multiplied, what does that look like for us to multiply, to uh, see more people meet Jesus, to start more services? Maybe, maybe God would have something like that for us one day. Of, there's so many small towns without faithful Bible teaching that we would have a campus in, in other small towns around. I'm just dreaming, no agenda, just going, what could God do? And uh, so I bring that up just as a reminder of, of who we are, of our family, but at the core of who we are, we're to multiply transformational churches. So by way of a long introduction, that's where we're going today. We're going to talk, what, what is this whole idea of being a transformational church? Because when you're transformational, that's when multiplication tends to happen. Well, what does transformational even mean? Well, it's the spirit that does the work of transformation in our hearts individually and corporately and through us within a community, but the spirit doesn't work in a vacuum. It works by the word of God. And so we're gonna to come to that as well, but first let's just talk about this whole idea of transformational. How can a church be transformational? Well, Let's just start our sentence together. To be transformational, a church must what? Well, to be transformational, let's unpack that. To transform means to move from one thing and uh, into something else. To be of, of one nature and now to be of a new nature. And transformation, a transformational church, one that's transformational, sees transformation in individuals for one, Right? Um, how many of you, you've, you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you would say, you know what? I'm not the same person by God's grace that I was before I trusted him. And he's changed me. Like it was a slow process, but as I look back, I just see, man, I'm not the same woman. I'm not the same man. I'm someone new. Well, that's right in line with scripture. Second Corinthians five seventeen says that for all who are in Christ, who've trusted him, they are a new creation. Jesus described it to Nicodemus as being born again, like brand new life. It's so profound. It's like you're born again. And Paul talks about this whole idea of being made new all over the New Testament. For some of us, it's a dramatic change of transformation. Like uh, one day we're just, we're going down a terrible road and life is a mess. And then like something happens, we trust Jesus. And have you seen that in people? And they like just change overnight by the power of God. For others of us, it's a long process, isn't it? And, and it's like, okay, I, for me even, I can look to a time frame when I really trusted Jesus and then I can look at some of the transformation in my life over that time, but it's still transformation. Have you changed from trusting Jesus? If not, I mean, it's like, have you really trusted him, right? If you haven't changed in some way, have you, have you really trusted him? Are you going through the motions? But Paul talks about all over, all over in the New Testament and God first predicted it would happen in the Old Testament. He said in Ezekiel that I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I'll put within you. Because he, he realized that uh, the task to be holy after we've sinned is impossible. 
impossible. And the only way that we can be made right with God is to be totally made new. The old gone, the new come, and that happens through trusting Jesus. So as a church, we should be transformational in individuals and then also as a, as a, as a um, congregation, like all of us together. I, I've, been at, I've been here for almost 17 years now at Wawasee. It'll be 17 years this next year, which is crazy. And people ask me like, so what's, what's changed? I'm like, oh man, th- this is like the third church I've been a part of in those 17 years. Like just to see the way people have changed and the way the spirit has moved over that time. It's just, it's phenomenal. That's, listen, in saying that, that's a good thing. That's not a knock on anything in the past. That's saying we're growing and changing and becoming more like Jesus, amen? That's a great, great thing. If nothing had changed, that'd be a bad sign. Healthy things grow and change. And we're also supposed to be transformational in terms of our surrounding community and the people in them. You know, maybe when you think of transformation, uh, maybe you're thinking along those lines, like I said, of personal transformation or of our church being transformed and changing. But uh, maybe you think more missionally in terms of, you know what, when I think transformation, the first thing I think of is community, like Milford, Syracuse, New Paris, Leesburg, all these communities. That's what I think of when I think transformation. And you'd you'd have a right view towards that as well. Because that's exactly what a local church should be about, is transforming and engaging and caring for their community. Um, In in fact, Jesus said that we're to be his witnesses, right? He said here, and then farther out, and then to the ends of the earth. He said in Acts 1.8, in in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. And as his witnesses, we're to be salt and light. Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth, Jesus says. But if the salt loses its taste, how, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. As, as the salt of the earth, you, you, you bring uh, seasoning and, and change and good things to culture. We're, we're called to interact. Like salt that stays in the shaker is no good, is it? Anybody like salt on their food? I like way too much salt on my food. But uh, if I don't put it on my food, I, can, I might have a bottle of salt sitting there. I go, oh man, I love salt, but I never put it on my food. It's like, how do, do you even know what salt is? Like how to use it? Like it, it needs to get out of the bottle and, and come into contact with what it's trying to make salty. As a church, we're sent to love. We're sent to love people, called out of the world, sent into the world and to invite them to follow Jesus with us. And not only that, we're the light of the world, Jesus says in verse 14, a city on a hill can't be hidden. So what does it mean to be transformational? Well, to be transformational, here's, here's where we're going this morning. A church must be rooted in the Bible. It must be rooted in God's word. Transformation comes uh, through God's word. Uh, affirming the unerring, trustworthy inspiration of scripture and of biblical authority in all matters of faith and living. And the gospel is to be central to who we are as a family. Amen? It's a good spot for an amen. The gospel is supposed to be central. Amen. Yeah, right on. Listen, it is. The the gospel is at the core of everything we are and all that we do. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul started writing to the church. He said, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. He's writing to a church he helped plant, which you received and in which you stand and by which you're being saved. 
if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. He's like, here's what was of first importance. I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The gospel is central to who we are. If we're gonna be a church that's transformational in terms of people changing, of our church changing, of our culture changing, it's only gonna happen uh, when God's word is at the center. Uh, We like to say God wrote it all down, amen? He wrote it all down. God's word is central to these things. Uh, Paul told the Romans, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. In other words, to everyone. God's word is power to us. It changes us. And a transformational church has to be rooted in the Bible. Even when the outside world looks at us and says, you guys are weird. Well, the Bible says they will. First uh, Corinthians one, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's what? The power of God. Like God's word, here, here's, here's how we look at it in our church. One, it's our middle name, right? Well, obviously community Bible church. It's right in the center of who we are. And, uh, and the preaching and teaching of God's word is at the center because it's like the wood-burning stove in the middle of the factory. And when the stove goes out, the whole factory goes cold and production shuts down. So it may not be like the, the most attractive thing in the world. It may not be uh, uh, the, the funnest thing sometimes to hear, but at the very center of who we are is God's word. And when that flame is burning bright, it heats the whole factory and it, it, it empowers and motivates our mission, right? So the, the preaching and teaching of God's word is central. In fact, a transformational church is rooted in the Bible. We even represent this in our logo. Did you ever notice that? Like at the very bottom of our tree, it's supposed to be like an open Bible that, that our roots go into God's word. That's who we are. That's our foundation. Now, uh, there are many churches, praise the Lord, in our community that faithfully teach and preach God's word. Isn't that good news? That's great news. Like, don't get in, don't get in your mind in me saying some of these things that like we're the only, only game in town because it's 100% not true. In fact, uh, the, the gospel is taught and proclaimed in many churches in our community, which is a great thing, by many different people with different personalities in different ways, some uh, more just unpacking the Bible, some more in story, which, by the way, is how Jesus taught the word. And uh, we can praise the Lord for that, uh, that we have many churches preaching and teaching God's word. But it's the source, it has to be the source of a church that's transformational. So. So what do we need to be rooted in in the Bible for our church to be transformational? Well, rooted in the Bible, I'm gonna give you three things this morning briefly. First, recognizing its authority. Recognizing the authority of God's word. Whether you've got a, a printed copy you bring with you each week or you've got it on a device that you open up and read as we speak and teach God's word on a Sunday morning, we recognize its authority. Like we said, God wrote it all down and a transformational church is one that values, studies and applies the Bible. You know, uh, here's what I, I just thought maybe to, to speak to this a little bit, I would unpack a little bit of what we believe, what we proclaim to believe in our statement of faith on the issue of God's word. Sound good? 
Uh, So check this out. Here's what we believe. Here's who we are, friends. We believe that God has spoken in the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments through the words of human authors. The copy of God's word that you have is, is the very word of God. Like he's spoken to us in his word. He speaks to us primarily in his word. Now, does sometimes God speak to us in other ways through his spirit and through impressions? Yeah, he does. But guess what? Never in a way that contradicts what his word says. So like, if you're like, ah, I feel like the spirit's speaking to me on this issue. And um, here's your check. What does God's word say? If he's speaking to you in a way that's totally contrary to God's word, guess what? God does not uh, contradict himself. That's, that might be a spirit, but it ain't the Holy Spirit, right? Like, like God's, God's word is at the center. When the spirit speaks to you, he speaks primarily through his word. He's spoken in the scriptures. That, that's why we wanna read them and study them because we believe that's, that's our creator talking to us. Not only do we believe it, but it in fact is. And here's what we believe about God's word, that it's the verbally inspired word of God. Verbally inspired, verbally meaning every word, Inspired meaning God's spirit is, the, is, is who uh, wrote his word through human authors. First Peter talks about those who wrote the scripture being born along by the Holy Spirit. That God miraculously he used uh, different personalities, different people to write it, but it was his spirit writing the word. It, that we believe the Bible is without error in the original writings. That, that God didn't make a mistake in what he wrote down. And uh, that he also didn't make a mistake by leaving something out because we believe it's the complete revelation of his will for salvation. Like the copy of God's word we have is complete. Like there's nothing to be added to it. God, if there's things that the Bible doesn't speak about, God didn't make a mistake and go, oh, oh, darn it, I forgot about that one. Should have wrote that down. No, he, he wrote down everything we need. Now, there may be things we need to take in terms of principle and he leaves freedom for us, but uh, it's the complete revelation of his will for salvation. And we believe it's the ultimate authority by which every realm of human knowledge and endeavor should be judged. So when it comes down to a conflict between uh, God's word and my opinion, uh, what wins? The word, yeah, God's word does. And uh when I'm up here preaching, when I share something that's my opinion, I'll tell you, this is, this is my opinion of what God's word teaches, but ultimately here's what his word says. That's our source of authority, amen? Now, therefore, we, we end our statement of faith uh, on this point by saying this, therefore, because of all these things about God's word, it's to be believed in all that it teaches. We're to believe it in all that it teaches. We're not, we're not gonna put out the things that we go, ah, I don't know if I buy that. No, 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 it's there for us. We believe it. Even if there's pieces, we don't totally understand this side of heaven. Uh, It's to be obeyed in all it requires, not just believe it, but do it and trust it in all that it promises. Paul writes to a young guy preaching and uh, uh, planting a new church in Timothy in Ephesus. And he writes this to him in his second letter to him. He says, Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what's true to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. I read to you from a different translation than is on the screen, but just so you'd hear it in maybe a different way and pay attention. 
that it's useful, it's profitable for us. So uh, we're to be rooted in God's word, recognizing its authority and then teaching it faithfully. By the way, one piece before we go on, if you wanna know more about these things, a week from Wednesday on uh, Wednesday the 30th, down in the far end of the building, we have our next uh, session of equip. And we're gonna be teaching through, I'm gonna be teaching through uh, uh, kind of what we believe about the Bible. I'll show you evidence that the, the copy of God's word we have today is trustworthy, uh, that it hasn't been altered or changed, uh, where we find authority from God's word. We're gonna be talking about all of those things, why certain books are in the Bible, like how did it get put together? We're gonna talk about all those things. So if you wanna know more, uh, join us for Equip on the 30th. But we recognize this authority and then we wanna teach it faithfully. What does it mean to teach God's word faithfully? Well, uh, if you wanna use a, um, a big theological sort of churchy word, it means to have a sound hermeneutic. And this doesn't mean apply just to studying the Bible, but really any literary text. And hermeneutic just means the method by which we understand it or interpret it. So uh, to teach it faithfully requires, one, we believe these things we study it, we study it rightly. And the, the key to studying God's word rightly is to try to get to the original intent. Like what did, what is God really trying to say here at the root? Like not what's my opinion and let me find some Bible verses to back that up, but no, what does God's word say and how should that influence and inform my opinion and the way I live? So sound hermeneutic, it, 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 it's to rightly interpret the Bible, to know its original intent. And part of that uh, understanding its original intent is important for us and is applicable then to us because did you know that we're a part of this story, that God's word from beginning to end ultimately is one big story. It starts in creation in the garden and it ends in revelation in a city. That God's original intent, he, he brings to pass in the end of revelation. And uh, since none of that has happened yet, but creation clearly has, because we're here, we're in the middle of this story. And so it's applicable to you and me. We're a part of God's story as it's told in his word. And I wanna share with you, if you want to know more about studying God's word, how do I study it? How do I read it? Because that's what's gonna change you as you understand the story you're a part of. That's really where transformation in your life is gonna happen, is the spirit working in you as you begin to understand that. I wanna, I wanna show you this, uh, just this brief video of a resource that you might find helpful maybe to to do by yourself or to find somebody to come along with you. It's actually, again, speaking of the free church, it's from a guy who's a pastor of a, a free church in Chicago. His name is Colin Smith. And this is brand new, but it's all free online. Check this out. Welcome to Open. Open is an online resource that serves as a guided journey through the Bible. Did you know that the Bible is the world's most printed book with over 5 billion copies sold? It's the best-selling book of all time, and yet many people have never opened their Bible. Perhaps it's because the Bible can be an intimidating book filled with unfamiliar people and places, but it doesn't have to be, and that's why we've created Open. 
Open won't answer all of your questions, but it will help you to navigate the Bible in three special ways. First, Open will help you to see that the Bible is much more than a historical book. Yes, it was written a long time ago, but the Bible is the Word of God. That means it's the way that God speaks to us today. So when you open the Bible, come expecting to hear from God. Then second, Open will help you to see that the Bible is much more than information. Reading the Bible is about transformation. So when you open the Bible, you're not simply trying to gather knowledge. Your aim should be to meet with God. There really is power in opening the Word of God. Then third... Open will help you to see that the Bible is one story. It begins in a garden, it ends in a city, and all the way through, it points to Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ is the Bible's treasure. And when you find him, you're at the beginning of discovering all that God has in store for you. In each of the 50 sessions of Open, you will read one chapter of the Bible, listen to or read a brief teaching, and then review or discuss the questions. You don't have to go on this journey alone, so grab a friend who you think might be interested and go through it together. We've provided questions, so you can talk about it as you go. Each session can be completed in less than an hour. Are you ready to open the Bible? Then let's get started. So if you're wanting to see, like we're talking about transformation and being rooted in God's word, you're wanting to see that happen in your own life. It's only going to happen as you to the degree to which you listen to the Lord through his word, that you read it and understand it and study it and apply it to your life. And this is just a really helpful tool. Uh, just, it's, a, it's a website, openthebible.org. It's totally free. Um, you'll read a passage of scripture. You'll listen or read about a 10 minute teaching on that. And it's really good. I've worked through about the first 10 of them now. And, um, and then after that, there's some discussion questions. If you want to discuss it with someone else and talk about it or just journal about it or think about it on your own. And it's really cool. It's all free. And it's from a, a church called The Orchard in Chicago that, again, is a, a sister church of ours. And it's, it's really exciting. So I would encourage you highly to check that out, uh, to recognize God's authority, to teach it faithfully. Not just that we teach it faithfully here, but we're teaching ourselves from God's word and feeding ourselves faithfully. Amen. So you're like, what's the application today? I'll just talk about the church. It's read your Bible. It's read your Bible. That's the application. So, and here's the last piece then. And then as you read it, recognizing its authority, teaching it faithfully and applying it regularly, applying it regularly. A faithful church that's faithful to God's word is gonna do this. They're gonna recognize the authority of God's word. They're gonna teach it faithfully. What does it really say? How does it point to Jesus? And then how does it apply to our lives? Like how does it change us? Well, uh, it starts with reading and hearing the word and interpreting it faithfully and then applying it. One of the things that's helpful to think about um, I was going to show you some more, but I just, I was afraid of taking up way too much time today. Kind of how I go about normally when we would, um, when we would be preaching through a passage of scripture, how do I uh, take a passage of scripture and study it and then arrive at some kind of application or message for us, right? And one of the things that starts with uh, 
you might think of this in three ways. We've got a little time here, so I'm just going to lay this out briefly without totally showing you. But first, think observation. I'm going to read the text. I'm going to look at it. I actually like print it out like with tons of white space, and I just mark the snot out of it. Like all kinds of different colors mean different things, and I get done, and I've got this piece of paper that is, would make no sense to anyone but me because I've just written all over the place and, and observing things about God's word. And when, when you observe God's word, that step of observation and studying it, um, there's all kinds of observations you can make. Like who, who's the person talking? When did this take place? Who are they writing to? Why are they writing it? Um, how, how many people were there? What exactly did Jesus say? How does this point to Jesus? All, all these different observations we can make as we study the word and look at it. And then after doing that for a long time, I, I try to narrow it down again, back to that hermeneutic. What was the original intent? What did, why did God write this? What was he trying to say? And while there's many observations, there's really only one correct interpretation of what does it mean, right? Because if there's, if there's more than one, if there's all kinds of different meanings, then it's like, okay, well, how do I know what's really true? I got I to gotta aim and try to get down to what's really true. And then it kind of funnels back out like an hourglass. So then from now I know what it means. Now that's when I can take it and I can apply it in so many different areas of my life. This might apply to uh, uh, my interactions with people at work this week. This might apply to how I... Uh, might apply to how I handle my money. And there's all kinds of different applications that can come out of what it actually means. Make sense? So lots of observations, one interpretation, many applications. And that's kind of the hourglass funnel that I try to take things through and then come down to some kind of application or applications of how does this apply to our life. And uh, as you do that, one of the things um, you might be hearing that and going, you know what, that's great, Josh, but like, you've got like, degree in the Bible. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just a regular guy. How how am I supposed to do this? Well, here's something to keep in mind. God's word is power, right? It's a power to change us. But think about, think with me about the original intent of God's word, especially when you get into the New Testament. When the New Testament was written, It consists of uh, accounts of Jesus' life. It consists of letters to brand new churches uh, of how to live this out. And um, so when I think about those things, who were those written to originally? Were they written to really super mature believers? No, they were written literally to brand new Christians because literally, there were only brand new Christians at that time. Because Jesus, it, it was shortly, it was within a couple decades of Jesus' life on the earth. Like people were new to this. So it's written with this missional idea. That's that missional intent piece. Like that there's this idea of mission and it's, it's brand new and it's for everyone. And what's really cool about God's word is when you, when you begin to read it and study it and understand some things, you start to recognize things and see things like, oh, wow. And then you'll come back to the same passage, like uh, even sometimes uh, five, 10, the 20th time later, and you'll go, whoa, I didn't see that either. And it just is, it is so rich and so deep, yet so understandable 
for anyone, even for kids. That's why we teach it to our kids. So uh, you want to apply it regularly, and that begins with, with being in it, recognizing its authority, teaching it to yourself and to your family, and then applying it, understanding uh, that whole missional piece in nature. One, it was to brand new believers, but it came with instruction, not just to hear it and to know it, as we heard Colin say, but uh, to, to have it inform our life. James said in James chapter one, Jesus' little brother, James, he said, uh, be, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. Don't be like somebody who just like sees their, their face in the mirror when they wake up and sees how messed up their hair is, but then never grabs the comb and they just walk away and forget. Like, like look into God's word, be, be doers of the word, put it into action. Contextualize it to your situation. What does God have to say to you today for this situation? It's transformative, friends. And as, uh, as you root your life in it, as you recognize its authority, as you uh, study it faithfully, teaching it to yourself, and then applying it daily, sometimes hourly, even minute by minute to your life, transformation happens. It happens in you as an individual. It happens in us as a church. And it happens for God's glory and for others' good, all in our community. Amen? Hey, if, uh, as we close here, if you've never trusted Jesus, I mean, what are you waiting for? Like, it, it's so simple. It, it's nothing to do with you. It's everything to do with how good he is. And Jesus Christ lived the life that you and I never could. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned, yet he paid the penalty for sin on the cross in my place and in your place. And to become a Christian isn't to come to church and go through the motions. To become a Christian is to put my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's, that's transformative. It makes you new. And then as you study God's word, you start to understand and live out who you've been made to be now. Amen. Let me, let me pray. We'll sing and call it a morning. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for Jesus and for your grace and that uh, it is all by your grace that we're saved and made new and transformed. Um, and thank you that you wrote a book, that you wrote these things down for us, that we don't have to guess what your will is. We don't have to guess how we should live our lives or um, what we should believe, that we don't need to search and find it out, but that you've revealed it to us. Yet, Lord, the truth of the matter is for all of us, uh, we get busy in our lives. Uh, we get caught up in the day-to-day -day things. And it's so easy sometimes to take your word for granted or to not uh, apply it to our lives and, and recognizing it as being for today, for us. So I, I pray, Jesus, that um, as a church, uh, more and more we would, as individuals, read and study your word. More and more as individuals, we teach it to ourselves and to our families and more and more we'd apply it to our lives and that more and more you would transform us from glory to glory. We thank you for Jesus. Without him, we have absolutely no hope. And we pray all of this through him. Amen.